Good morning, everyone. Yes, good morning. Uh, Christmas is only a week away. And that one of the questions that I had in the past so many times from English people here is, what is Korean Christmas meal? Korean Christmas meal. So I most of the most of the answers I disappoint them saying that we don't have any. Okay, <laughs> we don't have any Christmas meal. <laughs> so we do have some different countries in this room even, but for Christian uh, for Koreans, uh, Christian is not a big holiday. So holiday has not yet come because it should be New Year's Day for us. But Christmas is only just equivalent to Buddha's birthday. Buddha's birthday, another holiday, one day off. You see, it's just you know the Jesus' birthday. That's how we understand. Even though Jesus was not born on this day, as you know. And a few days ago, Rua was very disappointed because my wife said that Jesus is not born on twenty fifth Christmas, and they said. What? <laughs> what? And he was almost crying. She was not born on that day. He wasn't. Jesus was not born in this day. But we really celebrate a lot on this day. And I think uh, I was supposed to uh, share the message last week, but I swapped with Nick. But Nick said that we introduced a nativity story in it in Christmas. Because Christmas is not really Christian tradition. But the Christians idea adapted something. But then my point is that what is Christian? Why do we need to celebrate? And then even even Christians, we do celebrate Christians on a different days. Majority of the Eastern religion, Eastern Orthodox, they celebrate in the beginning of January. So we do have a, quite a lot of struggle sometimes because at the King's Lodge we we start we have a January town, but some of Egyptians and then they do celebrate Christmas. In January, so they can come for January. So, rather than having this kind of confusion, but I think today, so instead of thinking about Jesus' birth, and then I rather want to focus on Jesus' death. Because in the past, Christians used to celebrate Christmas in April or May instead of December. So I'm not going to go into go into deep in that, but uh, so then what is the distinctive uniqueness of Christianity? Because we do have a monotheism, like a Jewish people and Muslims and Christians, we do believe there is only one true God, and then we share the same book, same religious book, which is Old Testament. But the distinctiveness of Christian is we believe in Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is a really distinctive element for Christians, then who is Jesus? So today, uh, of course, I I really want to talk about Jesus' birth, but at the same time, Jesus' death. Because me, it makes more sense to think about Jesus' death instead of Jesus' birth. Jesus' birth is very historic, but Jesus' death is a lot more historic, I believe. So... um, why Jesus was born, I think in terms of a big meta-narrative, and also uh, Nick shared a little bit of foundation, later foundation, I think, because he was talking about narrative, because Bible is a story. Bible is not a theological textbook, but Bible is full of story. It was a true story to the original readers. So 
in terms of you know meta narrative, a big story of God, where is Jesus? How does Jesus fit into God's plan? I think that's quite important. So uh, if you think Bible is a big story, it's five element creation and human fall, and then Jesus and redemption, and then that's not the end. Forgiveness is not the end. The new heaven and new earth. That's what the Bible says. So as we know that God created the word, and that whenever he created the word, he said, God saw that it was good. Do you imagine the perfect status? Good. God created the word, he said, everything was so good. Good means the shalom, I think that's the word I have. Good, shalom. Shalom is not all so peaceful, tranquil. It's more than peace. It's a fullness, completion. If one thing is missing, there's a brokenness of the shalom. So God created a word, and it was peace, perfect. That's the creation. But human fall, is, as you and I know, we are under sin. The influence of the sins, because Adam and Eve. And then, okay, this is amazing. Before, you know, before human fall, what could be the atmosphere in the Garden of Eden? How would you like to describe? Pardon? Perfect, Yes. How would you like to describe the status of Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve and between human being and God and between Adam and Eve and the old creation? Peaceful, yes? Shame? Because they're naked? Nope. This is the majority of them is just you know perfect relationship between human and God and between Adam and Eve and then even even with the creation. So it could be it could be freedom, you know, peace and uh, confidence and joy and happiness. The Bible says no pain, no no tears whatsoever. But as soon as people committed sin, what happened between Adam and Eve? The love, the trust, the relationship was a bit shattered. Human being and God, the relationship broken. We are under curse. The death crept in. Pain multiplied, tears, and shame, and guilt, and sadness, and unhappiness. Where are we living? What's your living environment? Is before sin or after sin? After sin? Oh, very honest. Okay, Christians after sin. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. And then, unfortunately, the sin multiplied. Pay multiplied, suffering increased, and God chose one family because he, he decided to wipe out the world. So Noah's a flood. And then that didn't really solve the problem at all because same patterns continuously happened. Sin multiplied, pain multiplied, tears, death, curses. So because God promised that he's not going to judge the nation again, so he rather chose another one family, is Abraham's family. The promising is that all the families on the earth that will be blessed by Abraham's family if only Abraham's family kept the commandment, which is Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And then this family should be a family a kingdom because this family is big. Now, this family will be a nation to be a priest nation. 
priest means mediator between God and human being. But unfortunately, this family doesn't function, in some sense, dysfunctional. Anybody has a Jewish background, I'm sorry. <laughs> so God's intention is to set up a priest nation so the nations can be under God's restoration again. It didn't happen. So uh, that is Old Testament right? covenant. The so Old Covenant is broken, and then the Jeremiah promised that he prophesied that the covenant is broken, and then there will be a new covenant not written on the stone tablet, but on the heart. So Jesus is born as a new covenant. So whatever Jesus said in the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, he said the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is one of the main key themes for the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. That what Jesus tried to do is establish God's kingdom on earth so that we enter into a new era of God's kingdom. Does it make sense? In this context, Jesus was born. But if, we, if you think about Jesus' birth, it wasn't easy birth. Not because of delivery pain, but a lot more things happened around Jesus' time. Am I right? So first, he was exposed in uh, he was exposed to exposed to fetishide or infanticide. All the Jewish boys were killed, or they were to be killed by King Herod. You see, the power of death is, has been really strongly manipulating around this time. It wasn't only Jesus. Because of Jesus' birth, so many innocent people, they died. Do you see that? The huge power of death was manipulating around Jesus' birth. And Jesus born, he was born in a manger. His only birth, his birth, the only purpose is to redeem the word, but the word has rejected. Even the time of his birth, it was a strong rejection. Death and rejection. And then, that was not the end. His father and mother had to run away to Egypt because still King Herod was looking for Jesus, the Messiah. So he left home. He had to leave his home country. He was rejected or he was chased another, the power of death for the sake of his life. He had to run away. And then later on he came back when he was ministering and then we don't find that any of his uh, you know, brothers and sisters they never believed in Jesus. Rather, he was rejected by his own brothers. So, uh, Book of Corinthians, we clearly said after the resurrection, his first, uh, his, you know, uh, his first biological brother, James, who was the first leader of the church, he started to believe in Jesus. But... But imagine Jesus and James, the relationship brother, the first son and the second son. The first son, Jesus, he left home. He abandoned his family, and he was doing his own ministry, but he never was welcomed in hometown. So that's why he didn't stay in his hometown, but he went to Capernaum, which is a bigger city. So another rejection, family rejection. No one recognized him. What about the, the, the time of his death? <clears throat> Twelve disciples, those who have been with him for three years, 
all of them, they went away or they denied Jesus. So his entire life was in deep rejection and at the danger of his death. Life. That's Jesus. So human point of view, Jesus was one of the most failure. Because in the first century, there are many teachers like Jesus. It was not only Jesus. There are many traveling teachers, philosophers. They did have a lot of disciples. They got a, quite a good fame, and they made a lot of money. But Jesus never had a fame that much. But only the miracles drew people's attention, and he never made money. And then, at the point of his death, when he captured, everyone left. And then he died. Imagine. It seems that nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. If that is the end of the story, we are Christians are living in tragedy. But that is not the end of the story, but that's the beginning of the story. Amen? Amen? <clears throat> so his rejection and death has broken the power of death, and then he resurrected. He resurrected. That is historic event. His resurrection means something. It's not his death, but his resurrection. And then he broke the power of death. <clears throat> and then the way he died is very unique as well. He crucified. The crucifixion was one of the, it's not just most painful, it's most humiliating uh, execution. Majority of the uh, victims, they were naked on the cross. Even physically, they are as vulnerable as possible, as painful as possible they are facing. Slow death on the cross is a public execution. It's a warning to everyone. If you do the same thing, you'll be like that. That makes sense. So Jesus, was, he died on the cross as a great example. Anyone comes after Jesus will be executed in a way that Jesus was humiliated. He suffered. If that is the end of the story, that's all. But that was the beginning of the story. Jesus died. And the amazing 12 disciples, apart from John the disciple, 11 of them, they were martyred. None of them, they had a natural birth apart from John the disciple. Paul and Peter, they were crucified. But Peter decided to be crucified rather than upside down because he doesn't want the same death as his, as his teacher Jesus. So in the end, after the resurrection, something dramatically changed. And then that's because of that, uh, what's the symbol of the Christianity? It's a cross, right? But cross is not only Christian symbol. Buddhist symbol is cross. Yes. But that is not this kind of shape. It's a bit crooked. Like, uh, you know, the German cross, they, could, they call it a hooked cross, the German cross. Do you remember the, the shape like this? Yeah, that is a shape of cross, but they hook it. So uh, the... <laughs> The, the Buddhism, they use this symbol, cross is a symbol. They call it swastika. It means peace and unity. And the German cross as well, in the, during the Second World War, German used to give the cross, golden cross and silver cross. 
Golden Cross for those who have been courageous at the seven, several times, you know, when, they, when the victory in the world, Second World War, they were given this amazing honor of Golden Cross and Silver Cross. Do you see that? So cross is a symbol of unity, sacrifice, and at the same time, it stimulates people to be more heroic, hero, you know, heroic figure. How do you think? What about Christians? How do we understand the cause? How do we understand the cause? If I say the things, again, I try to spread a big story, creation and human fall, and Jesus in the middle, now Jesus on, Jesus on the cross, and then what happened after the cross? That's another question. What happened? What happened after the cross? Resurrection. Resurrection. But it was not for his sake. Right? And then it affected the Jewish community because Jesus is a Jew. But it wasn't only Jews. It was all the Gentiles like you and I. We become part of God's grace and love. There was no limit. Right? And then imagine that all the disciples who ran away from Jesus when he was dying, when he was on the cross, they joined the suffering of Jesus' ministry. But in our perspective, it was a suffering. But let's talk about other things. What about uh, the status, the Garden of Eden, the Shalom status? The harmony, unity, love, peace, joy, happiness, confidence, no shame, no condemnation. Do you, do you think there was a change after Jesus' death in the first century? What do you think? Yes? Okay, is there any other religion, like Christians, multiplied under the past persecution? No, no. 200 years in Roman Catholic, Roman, you know, uh, persecution, 300 years persecution in Japan. Now the present persecution in Japan or China, what we see is where there was a persecution, we see this faith is growing bigger and stronger. Because there is something uncompromisable, I believe. I know it's not only uh, you know, Japan, China, Korea, same. There was a harsh persecution on Christians. They survived through because they didn't give up their faith. Not because this faith is far superior, but this faith provides something. I would say that it's kind of a little shalom taste, foretaste of shalom, the peace and confidence we have. And that we rather, we rather trade our death with our faith. Does it make sense to you? So it's very, I, wasn't, I wasn't from Christian background. So it was very unique to see the Christians. Why do they faith this persecution, but they still believe, they still keep their faith. Why is, what's the reason behind? But it's quite serious questions in some countries. Of course, in North Korea, it's a death penalty. But people are worshiping Christ at the cost of their life. Invisible but there is something invisible, things happening. I will say that Jesus restored shalom again, the peace, joy, 
happiness, assurance, security, unity, love, trust. So I assume that we all are living under the perfect shalom now. And then I see a lot of confusing faces around. <laughs> okay. No, I don't believe so. <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> but what? It, but I think there's another a very kind of you know uh, debatable uh, argument. It can be creation. The the you know shalom has been crooked by the or deceived or destroyed by human fault and Jesus. And then the, Jesus tried to restore everything back before sin. So I do believe, I do believe we have certain amount of that assurance, peace, and joy. And then that was the first thing I became Christian when I was 30. Me a bit of overnight change. The first thing I would say, there is something, sometimes indescribable, but I would say there was a such divine peace that was reigning over me. Sometimes you don't express. But that is a huge thing. The word, look at the word outside. Every word is broken. And then desperate, crying out for peace. But one of the key words in China, Hong Kong, if you say, can I pray for peace? People say, yes, please. No matter what, what, this is, what kind of religion you are in. Because people are desperate for the peace. But the peace I'm talking about is a lot more than just, you know, silent or restful status. It's more like perfectness or completion of God's design. So I think the, the tension we have is we are living in this world of peace, but not fully. Now, but yet fully released. So we call this as time of era, the era of tension. Now and yet. We have foretasted peace but not fully yet. That's who we are. If this is, you know, the world that we are living, even at this foretaste of peace, shalom, we are living and we're trading our death, what could be if we had a fullness of this shalom then? But that is another hope that we have as Christians. We haven't seen yet, but God promised yet. Does that make sense? So the Bible is really a story about recreation again. So for instance, uh, the first chapter of Genesis, chapter 1 to 3, is a really story about creation. But last, we, we, we talk about uh, Revelation so far. Last three chapters of the Revelation is called parallel compared to Genesis. For instance, Genesis verse 1, Chapter 1, verse 1 says, God created heaven and earth. But Revelation 21, verse 1 says, there will be new heaven and new earth. God created darkness even, but there will be no dark night. God created sun and moon. There will be no sun, no moon, because when God created in the new heaven and new earth, the glory of God will be 24-7, shining the light. The glory will be a light. So there's no need, even sun and moon. Death creeping, but there will be no more death. Serpent, he was a deceiver, but the devil will be utterly destroyed and destroyed. And sin entered the garden, but nothing unclean is going to stay in the presence of God. So we are foretasting the goodness of God's shalom 
But the question is, and when I ask you, so we, you guys are living under this perfect shalom, but you want to give a positive answer, but you can't. I'm sorry, that's the tension we have. And then I think one of the biggest struggles that Christians are having is that I did accept Jesus. I do know the grace of God, but why am I still bettering the same things? Why am I into the same patterns? Why am I struggling emotionally the same things? Why people are suffering again? I know there's a huge question. But I think one of the <clears throat> biggest things, I just read the John chapter verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And then, <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, 1. For freedom God has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to yoke of slavery. The Satan, as you and I know, that he is a father of deception, father of lies. The fact that we are healed or restored doesn't mean that we're not going to feel the same struggle. We'll always feel love towards one another. I'm not going to fall into the same pattern that I, have, that I used to engage in, but we will face these things because what Jesus did, he didn't do the magic. He simply he released us, but we will feel the same struggles. But it doesn't mean that nothing changed. But I think one of the biggest enemies' deception is that, see, so nothing changed. You are saying, nothing is going to ever be better. And then in that moment, we will fall into this deception, just like small whispering in the Garden of Eden, and the whisper into our ears that, see, how, just check how you feel. It's the same as before, right? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I think one of these slight deceptions is always coming with a confusion. And uh, this confusion is uh, bring us doubt or unbelief about God, about myself. And then you started to get frustrated or disappointed to the point that I lost my help, hopelessness. And then we call that as depression. And then some people, they really, you know, try to commit suicide. You see this same pattern because enemies very subtly is good at it. I'm quite amazed to see how many, even missionaries and full-time, you know, ministers, they're into this cycle. It's confusion, doubt, frustration, and hopelessness, depression. Uh, amazingly, amazingly, so many people, they had a death wish, or they made a contract with death, or there's meditation on death, or actual attempt to death. This is horrible. Jesus broke the power of death. He has broken the power of death. What's the sign of his healing then? The sign is not that we're not going to feel these things. We will feel these things. Again and again, the sign is, that when we feel this, we have a dominion, we have authority to silence this. And that we are not going to listen to it, but we will neglect it, and that we rather rebuke it with life. Because the shalom has created life amongst us. Christmas. Jesus was born in the midst of so many death attempts. 
the death, the power of death, has been chasing to crush the Messiah to be born. Actually, he survived at the cost of so many lives, but now we're living. Have you ever had that kind of struggles in your life? This struggle, internal struggle, death wish, meditation sometimes, active, active you know, attempt, and the power of death. I wish during this Christmas season, maybe we just kind of be sure of what Jesus has done for us. And then, when you, when you and I are feeling the same thing again, I'm sure that I will feel the same thing. That's the pattern the enemy is trying to whisper. And they say, nothing happened. Okay, so you see the you know, atmospheres or circumstances around, is nothing going to change. And then depression, because I used to be exposed to a lot of death. I always had a death wish in my teens and 20s. I wish I was not born, although a very, very active death wish. And then I was... I would become so upset and angry by the fact that the enemy has been trying to destroy my life even with this thought. But I'm not going to go under it again. So that's why Jesus is born, to die. His birth is to die so that he will give us the, you know, uh, the authority back over the power of death. Can I pray? Yeah. <coughs> Yes, God, I know oh, over 20 centuries, I know so many people, they just trade their lives to faith. They rather chose death because they knew that they have a power and then they have authority over death, God. So thank you so much for the persistence, God, and then thank you so much for people's invest, investing for the kingdom of God. And then because of the tears and prayers and pains, and uh, their commitment to Christ, and now we are here together worshiping God. So in the name of Jesus, God, the, the life you live is not only my life, and then the life we live here is because of so many people's life, lives before us, and then our lives here is because for those are living after us, God. So thank you because you see all this from the beginning to the end. You, have, you are the God of eternity, God. And at the same time, the sacrifice that Jesus had on the cross is hugely impacting us, and then it changed the nations, and then it's going to change us as well, God. So we have quite positive and strong and firm belief and assurance that you are with us and that we will be the nation changers. Even we will be the changer for my life and my life and my family and then the nations around even. So help us to be reminded with a gratitude that Jesus, you were born for us and you died for us and then we are living for you and for the people around us, God. That is a good gospel, good news, good gospel. So thank you so much for this powerful message of Jesus, life and death. We are to inherit. We have this inheritance, God. We have the authority and power of death. So in the name of Jesus, help us to activate this authority over death, day after day, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.